Hi, thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. Well, good morning. Happy Father's Day. Hope you enjoyed that little video. I just want to welcome our panel up onto the stage as well. Excited to have them with us this morning. I'll explain them to you in, in just a moment and introduce them to you as well. Um, these, are, these are swivel chairs, and I'm going to try to sit real still, okay? But if you notice me swinging like that, it's my ADD kicking in, all right? So just want to let you know, I'll try not to swivel. Just want to say happy Father's Day to everybody, of course, here in the, in the sanctuary and online. And I did want to take a special minute uh, to shout out to a couple of dads. First of all, as many of you may know, Jason Howdle, he's not able to be here this morning. And so he sent me a message. He said, listen, he said, we're home. We're watching, uh, you know, the service online today. And he said, the best Father's Day present would be if you would mention to my kids, if they would just sit up, make sure they stay awake. And, and JR, don't pull that blanket up over your face so you're paying real good attention this morning. All right. So. So that's from, from Jason, so happy Father's Day to you guys. Um, also just wanted to shout out to uh, two dads, very close to me, of course, Amanda's father, John, and my father as well. You got to understand these guys known each other for a while, and um, when Amanda and I got married, early on in our marriage, you know, when you're just first marriage, you're not making a lot of money, we had some dreams of things that we would purchase, and so we talked to our parents about it. It seems like almost every Sunday after that that we were talking, our dads would kind of have this little conference in the foyer, and then they would, um, then they would my dad seemed to be the spokes guy, he, he would come to me and say, you know, John and I were talking, and we just don't feel that's the best decision for you. So, John, dad, thank you for popping all of our dreams early in marriage, but uh, your advice was much appreciated, and you kept us out of a lot of trouble. So, uh, thank you very much. I hope you guys have a happy Father's Day, and love you guys both. So, Today, we decided that we would do things a little bit different. Um, instead of having a, a message this morning, we wanted to put together a panel of people um, who uh, I know and have come to respect, and um, also who uh, just would give us some input on different areas of prayer. And um, just last week, as we started our Ready, Set, Go series, Doug read a, uh, read a quote from E.M. Bounds that really uh, spoke to me, and I just wanted to repeat it today. Prayer is actually faith claiming and taking hold of its natural, immeasurable inheritance. What a privilege prayer is. And it's just a blessing to be able to approach God and to ask him for things, for him to show us who he is. And so today, as I introduce the panel, I'm going to start down at my far left. And as I introduce each one, they're just going to give us a brief testimony after I introduce them on a way that God has used prayer in their life. So way down on the far left, I can almost see her, is Laura. Uh, Laura is one of the first two faces I got to know at FBC. Her and Bob 
Clark were on the search committee, and so we had a Zoom interview uh, at, the, at the very beginning of the whole process. So uh, Laura uh, was on that committee. She asked me lots of tough questions, so this is revenge, all right? So really glad to have her up here. Uh, her and Craig, I think we were, you guys were the first home that we were in when we were candidating, and so really have gotten to appreciate Laura and Craig a lot. And I've also come to see a real genuine love for God in Laura, and she isn't afraid to ask the tough questions, not only to the prospective, you know, pastoral candidate, but just also about the scripture. So, uh, Laura, welcome to the panel, and I'll just ask you to give that quick testimony. So. Thank you. It's it's all on you. Please, in like the next 24 hours, I need like something. <laughs> Give me something. Please like answer in some way one of these prayers that are on my prayer list. Uh, 24 hours goes by and nothing happens. I say, oh, okay, I guess, I guess you didn't want to answer me this time. Two weeks goes by and I'm sitting over there in kids' church and I got a text from one of my friends. And it said, uh, my husband has an interview, not only one, but two interviews, with this job that he really has been wanting and he hasn't had an interview. And I mean, I've been praying for this for years, you guys, years for this guy to have um, this job that he would really love. He has a job, so he's not hard out for cash, but, I, and I thought, just in that moment when I'm sitting there in kids' church, I, I thought, oh my goodness, what if, what if God answered this in the time that I had asked him for? So I text her really quick. I mean, it was during church, but, Sorry, Pastor Chris. Doug was um, preaching that week. Yeah, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so I texted her back. I said, when did this happen? When did you get the call for the interview? And she said, oh, two weeks ago. And in that moment, I just felt this was it. This was God's answer to my prayer. I didn't know it in the 24 hours, but within that week, it had happened. So I was feeling really great. I said, you know, thank you, God. A couple of weeks later, I had another person who told me that, who was struggling with infertility, that they we're pregnant. And she told me like the dates and I counted back and I thought, oh, you, God, they probably found out during the time that week that I was looking for an answer to prayer. And I was just like, thank you, God, two answers to prayer. Uh, but of course, it's never that simple, is it? I, I was asked to be on this prayer panel and the first question is, tell the time that God answered a prayer. And I thought, oh, I've got, I've got a good one now. I, I've got a great answer. And the very next morning, of course, my friend whose husband had these job interviews was told that he didn't, she told me, I got a text in the morning the, the next day that he didn't get either job position. And I was just so sad. But also I thought I was really prideful the day before thinking that I was getting all these answers to prayer and, you know, God must be showing me favor or something. So for me, it was a lesson to say that God is listening to me, and God is uh, hearing my prayers, even if I don't always feel it. 
but also not to get too prideful um, in what I'm asking for. So awesome. that's my testimony. Thank you, Laura. Thank you very much. Next over in our panel is Del Shaw. Uh, first time I met Del, he was house-sitting for Jeff Giesbrick, and Kenton took me out there and walked into the living room area. Del was over in the living room area, and on the kitchen table uh, was Del's Bible. And he, had, I think it was open to like Leviticus, and I couldn't believe as I was looking at it the number of highlights and notes that Del had made even as he's studying the Word. And I'd never met him, but I was like, man, this is a guy that's quite serious about his time with the Lord. And so from that moment, been able to talk to him a number of times, and I've just really appreciated your servant's heart, Del, and just uh, your, your love for God. And so I just appreciate you being on the panel, and would love to hear your testimony of answered prayer. Thanks, Bruce. Uh, I was born into a Christian home, uh, generations of believers, and uh, so it was not unusual for me to be taken to camp when I was seven years old and I accepted the Lord at that time. In the following years, um, as I became a teenager and did what kids do, I graduated high school and went off to Saskatoon to go to university. At that time, um, I became lukewarm. I didn't attend church like I had been raised to do, for which I have repented and am sorry for that because I believe that I missed many years. I married when I was 25, and we never had a child until I was 35, so 10 years had gone by. My wife didn't want any children, it seemed, and finally when she became pregnant, I prayed, and I said, Lord, I would ask for a son. Not that I didn't like girls, because I did, but a son seemed to be someone that I could hang out with, go fishing with, camping, doing those things that guys do. After 27 years of marriage, my marriage came apart, and it was an evil separation. I saw Satan at work. I did not understand because I thought that our marriage was a good marriage. However, God had different ideas. And I think of the scripture and at the end of Genesis about Joseph. What Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. And that was the beginning. That was my prayer. Lord. I do not understand. Would you please help me understand what this is about? And it was made clear to me. Within a couple of months, this happened 25 years ago, within a couple of months, sitting right back there in one of these pews, because we had, in, we had been invited, my son and I had been invited to attend FBC. The Lord gave me a vision, and I've had a few visions since, but that was the first one. And it was of something I had never experienced before. 
The vision was like a little video clip. It lasted between five and seven seconds, but it's still in my spirit. That vision would not come become manifest until Mother's Day of that year. Of all days, Mother's Day. What was on this stage was a presentation of Champion by Carmen, and I had never even heard of Champion by Carmen. But on this very stage was manifest that vision. And what that did to me was affirm that God was with me. And he would never leave me because he had done this. I was amazed. And as I had had my son, I had dedicated him to the Lord and I had returned to church. And I said, Lord, because you have given me this son, I will raise him in the fear of the Lord. And I am so thankful today that he still walks with the Lord. In 2011, 10 years ago now, I went for a, just a regular blood test for a thyroid condition that I've had since I was a teenager. Went for the blood test and my doctor phoned me that night and he said, we need to look at something else. He said, your test is not right. So I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was maybe the lab, not me. So I went and gave blood again. That night he phones me again and he says, we need to look at something else. I was living in Sylvan Lake at the time and um, so my blood work was done there, but the red flags were going up at the Red Deer Hospital. Um, a doctor phoned me from Red Deer and she said, Del, she said, you need a transfusion. She said, have you ever had one? I said, no. Well, you need a transfusion and you, because of your blood type, she said, you need to make an appointment for that. And you can't put it off, she said. So another went, day went by, she ordered blood work. Another day went by, I got a doctor, another doctor, and he reprimanded me for not making an appointment. I said, I will make the appointment. I said, I'll be there Monday morning. Sunday morning, I got up, dressed for church, I went out to my car and I put my hand on the wheel on the car and there was this voice saying, you should not be behind this wheel. I barely made it back in the house. The next day, my, I phoned my brother then in Red Deer and I had told him that I needed a transfusion. And so he came and picked me up and, I, and took me to uh, the hospital gave me the transfusion. They kept me overnight, and the next day I had a bone marrow biopsy, and I was uh, diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. I did not get upset. I just said, Lord, 
if this is the end of the road for me, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm okay. I believe that I've had a good life. I've done what I believed needed to be done to honor you and glorify you. And they shipped me to Calgary, uh, pumped me full of chemo seven days nonstop. And I went into the tank. The Lord delivered me from that leukemia. And I said, I will serve you to my dying breath. However that is, I will serve you. Those are prayers, answers to prayer, all of them. And it's only through his grace and mercy that I am here today and able to do what he has asked me to do. And when Bruce asked me if I would be on the panel, I was nervous. I said, Bruce, I'm going to have to pray about that. <laughs> I, got, I got an answer. And I just thank you. Thank you for being patient. And I ask that you just continue to pray for me. Thank you, Dale. Thank you. First communication I had with Darren was on Facebook Messenger, and it went along the line something of, I think I could put a golf ball in your front yard with a nine iron from my backyard. I had no idea who this guy was. And so I kind of started looking around, wondering what was going on. And then he and Bonnie uh, met up with Amanda and I at Starbucks. And there was an instant connection. I think we spent about three and a half, four hours at Starbucks. Or not Starbucks, the second cup. And just really got to enjoy knowing them. And since then, we've spent a lot of time disc golfing, talking about spiritual things. And uh, just really have come to appreciate Darren a lot. And also he and Bonnie for the work that they do in the marriage mentorship. So Darren, just if you could share your... Testimony on prayer, please. It's nothing quite uh, as humbling, forcing you to look at your prayer life as being asked to be on a prayer panel. So this is, uh, for me, a, a humbling experience. But um, I grew up in a Christian home, and prayer was very much a part of the fabric of our, of our life, of our home. And so prayer was very natural for me growing up. I, I talked to God all the time. I remember just as a young kid, just talking to God about stuff going on in my life. Um, and I did have some specific prayers, too, when I was young. And I remember, you know, um, looking back now on some of those prayers, I kind of chuckle. Uh, you, you know that Garth Brooks song that says some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers? That's, that comes to my mind a lot when I think of some of those prayers I had as a kid. Um, in fact, I remember praying, actually, when I was a teenager, um, about my future wife, and kind of laid my case out before God about what I thought would, you know, be a good match for myself. And as I look back on that now, I, 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 I picture God kind of smiling and shaking his head and saying, I can do better than that. And he did. He gave me my wife, Bonnie. Um, <clears throat> Bonnie and I are, um, this summer will be 30 years we've been married, and over that 30 years, our, our prayer life has changed just depending on the stage of life we were in. I mean, when you have kids, it's a little different, but um, now that our nest is empty, 
Um, our, our pattern is that we sit down at breakfast every morning and we read some scripture, share a devotional time together, and then we pray together. And we started a, a prayer list, and I have it just in my phone, um, just started a list of people who God would lay on our hearts to pray for. And, um, you know, people, you know, whether it's within our small group or within our church, people needs that we're aware of or, or whatever it may be, but, you know, it's just a growing and always changing list of people that we go through every morning at the breakfast table. Recently, God laid it on our hearts to begin praying for the difficult people in our lives. And now I know that as soon as I said that, every one of you thought of somebody, right? Every one of us has those people in our lives that are, they're just hard to love. They're hard to get along with. Maybe it's a coworker, might be a family member. Um, people that maybe somebody who's wronged you, somebody who you're maybe holding a grudge against. And God just really impressed on us that you need to pray for these hard-to-love people. And so in our, you know, in our work worlds, we both interact with different people throughout our day, and so we would share about people we interacted with during the day, and, and so we would add to our prayer list. And um, it's interesting. When you start to pray for somebody that you don't like or that's harmed you or that's offended you or that's hurt you in some way or that's just hard to get along with, when you start to pray for that person, something happens. And it's not always that God changes that person or that God changes the situation or that God makes you somehow like them better suddenly. But what starts to change is not out there, but in here. And I think, you know, when Jesus said to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, I think that's what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about praying that bad would happen to them or that they would be repaid for the bad that they did. Or That's not the kind of prayers we pray, but we pray, we actually try to pray blessing on those people. We try to pray, if we, if we know of needs they have, we'll pray for those needs. If we know of, you know, if they, if they don't know the Lord, we pray that God would draw them to himself. But as we do that, even if that situation doesn't change, something in our heart starts to change and we start to see those people from God's perspective. And to realize that God loves those people. And so I need to change my own attitude towards them and see them from his perspective. And so that's just something recently that uh, God's been taking us through just in our prayer time together as a couple. And, uh, and like I say, it's a, it's a growing list and there's lots of people we, we can always add to that list. And we don't only pray for difficult people, but it's just something that God has challenged us with and something that... We just know that it's doing us good. It's changing our own hearts to do that. Awesome. Thanks, Darren, and for all the prayers you've made for me. I appreciate that very, very much. That. Pray for Bruce a lot. <laughs> We're just going to kind of move along in time pretty well. So um, just want to introduce to you uh, this podcast, Think Biblically. Uh, the podcast title is, um, or the episode title is, Where Prayer Becomes Real. And I've asked the AV team to include that in the chat um, for 
for those of you watching online and those of you here, uh, can check it out when you get home. It's an amazing podcast. One of the things is uh, it really addresses the fact that when we read books on prayer and when we hear teaching on prayer, um, so many times it presents this ideal, peaceful, you know, you're just going to set aside three hours and you and God are just going to like really have this awesome time of, of, of chatting. And I don't know about you, but in my own life, like, that's just not a, a reality all the time, you know. Uh, I, I have a short attention span. This morning I was praying for this and, you know, just praying for the panel. And then within seconds I'm wondering if I've communicated whatever to the, to the AV team. And I'm wondering if I've made everybody clear on what I expect. And, and instead of praying, I'm all of a sudden worrying about the things that I should have been doing. And so my mind wanders during prayer. And I don't know if you guys feel that, um, but that does happen to me. And so I would encourage you, just listen to this podcast uh, excellent podcast on just dealing with the fact that prayer isn't always that ideal, serene, peaceful thing that we, that we sometimes envision it to be, that sometimes it is a, it's a battle to stay uh, focused, it, it takes some, some work on our part, and uh, today what we want to do is we just want to put into your hands some practical tools. And Cedric, just for your information, we're probably going to skip questions two and three, um, so we'll just get right into question ch- uh, number one, and that question is... What does it mean, or how is it possible to pray without ceasing, and maybe some practical ways to apply that? So, Laura, we'll just start with you real quick on on that one. Sure, yeah. Um, I was just thinking uh, with this question, is just the idea of constant communion with God. I think the idea of praying without ceasing, like, if you took that literally, like, never not thinking about God would be difficult in our daily life, Um, but in your day-to-day as you're uh, walking and, and doing things, uh, just being in constant communication, I think the amazing thing about the death and resurrection of Christ is um, when the veil uh, in the temple tore in two, and it's just a beautiful picture of us being able to enter the Holy of Holies, and the idea that we are able to have a right relationship with Christ just through the forgiveness of our sins, and we can come to him with that, and then present our requests before God. Uh, it's just such a precious thing. So for me in my life, what does it look like to pray without ceasing? I, I do have a prayer time, but just during my daily life, uh, the other day when there was uh, someone almost hit me on Highway 16 with all that uh, construction going on, I was like, thank you, Lord, for your mercy, you know? And when I'm out with my kids, I'm on mat leave right now, and I just, I, when I see my kids playing, I say, thank you, Lord, for the blessing that these kids are to me. So just that constant... Uh, communion and and walk and talk with God. Awesome. Darren, I'll give you 30 seconds <laughs> to be in constant communication with God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, exactly what Laura said. I, I, I agree, and I don't know if I could say it any better, but it's just that idea of going through life with, it's, it's God is, he's always there, and you can just, you can talk to him, and you can communicate with him. That's what prayer is. It's not necessarily specific things. There's many different forms that prayer takes, but it's just being able to always be in, in as Laura said, in, in communication with with God throughout your day. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, Laura said it really well. I don't have a whole lot to add awesome. to, to what Laura said. Very good. Del, anything in 30 seconds or less? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it is uh, just always having a constant awareness of his presence. Uh, that we can commune with him. Um, I know many times um, there's, because of a, a circumstance or situation, you know, sometimes it's only just a couple of sentences to where you're asking God for help, you know. Um, 
I, I can't think of anything specific right now, but um, I believe that's always it. I think our faith, we, we have this, I think it's a transition, I, that's what I call it, where you go from faith to trust. And it's always trusting that God is always going to be there for you. It may not be immediate. It may be uh, delayed, as we like to call it, delayed. But it's not delayed to God. He has a plan and a purpose for all of this. And sometimes, even when our prayers aren't answered immediately, I think it's because we have something to learn or he wants to show us something. And so that's, that's how I see it. Um, just having that awareness, presence. Excellent. Thank you, Dal. So question number four, we're going to pop over that. Um, Jesus um, was being observed by his disciples, and they, they said to him, uh, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And so then we, we have in, in those Gospels the, the Lord's Prayer. And so the question is, how can I use the Lord's Prayer in my own life? And rather than seeing it maybe as a prayer that we repeat, it's, it's very helpful for me uh, to see it as a pattern to be followed. And so we're just going to break down each phrase real quick. And uh, Darren, you're going to start with Our Father. You know, when he uses the term Father, it, it makes you think of what he didn't, the, what he didn't say there. He didn't say our ruler or our boss in heaven. You know, I think a lot of times that, well, that's how we view God. We view God as in this boss-employee relationship where I have to do certain things in order to earn my paycheck. And so we think that if we perform just right, if we say just the right things, if we do just the right things, that, that we will then earn. And that's, that's a boss-employee relationship. But he doesn't say that. He says our father. What a difference it is. A father doesn't just give a child something because they've earned it, because they've, you know, they've worked hard, so I need, now I'm obliged to pay him because he's performed to a certain level. But rather, a father wants to give good gifts to his child. And it's such a different picture. And so to start with that phrase our father in heaven it just it puts it on a totally different relationship and in a way that we often like i say so often it's we approach god in the employee employer relationship but that's not it at all so just to remember that our father is wanting to bestow good gifts on us all the time thank you and then laura uh hallowed be your name yeah, so hallowed means holy, and I think we should always approach God that, you know, even though that veil was ripped uh, when Jesus died, he is still the, the holy one, the, still the holy of holies. And I, I think to approach him with that same awe and reverence uh, is still important, and to hold him with that high regard. Excellent. The next two, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. Uh, I get to, to do those two. Uh, your kingdom come, really, there's, there's three aspects that we can think of real quickly when, we, when we're praying that section. Number one is just we're praying for the Lord's return. We're looking forward to that day when, when he comes back and sets up his eternal kingdom. And, and just to pray for that, Lord, like, bring that, bring that on. Bring it, bring it right away. And then the second part is, you know, praying for those that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. You know, your kingdom come. We want people to be saved. We want people to become part of your family. And then thirdly, um, it's just for our lives to be changed. We are Christ's ambassadors. 
And so as we're praying, your kingdom come, we want that kingdom life to be fulfilled in us and to be lived out in us so that others can see it. And then your will be done. It's just, it's a, it's a point of submission. It's saying to God, God, oh, man, I'm praying for all these things, but as Del mentioned, I trust you. I trust your answer even over my desire. I'm willing to, to accept your path rather than my path, as Christ said, uh, in the garden. And it is also that time where we can, as we see wrong in the world, we can pray against that. We can just say, hey, Lord, this evil is going on. Would you please stop it? So it's a chance for us to say, Lord, just work out your will uh, in, uh, in the world and, and in our lives around us. And the next phrase is, give us this day our daily bread, and that's Darren. This it seems really simple, and, and maybe it really is. It's just it's those daily needs, not daily wants, but daily needs. So it's just trusting God. And again, it's just being able to express to God that you're trusting in him for those things. You know, I think we live in a, you know, here in Lloydminster for sure, and in North America probably in general, we often maybe don't think about our daily food or our daily needs too much because a lot of us have it pretty good. Not to say all of us. I know there's times when things are tough for, for people and maybe are really pinching pennies or Maybe you had to make use of a food bank. So, I mean, there may be times when we go in life when we do depend a little more on God for those daily things, but it's so easy to just take it for granted, isn't it? So I think, you know, for, for ourselves, for myself, you know, just even that pausing before a meal to thank God for it and, and trying not to do it just in some sort of just habitual way, but to really appreciate that that what we have comes from God, that he, has, he is our provider. He is the one that everything we have comes from. It all belongs to him anyway, and he's just entrusted it to us to be good stewards of. And so just trusting God for those daily things in our lives, those daily needs that we have, I think is what that is really uh, referring to there. Awesome. The next one is uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our, have forgiven our debtors. And that's Laura. I think... Uh, asking for forgiveness uh, is so crucial to your prayer life. I used to actually not involve it, like include it in my prayer life. And wow, when I started to actually ask for, for like think the last 24 hours, God, what should I uh, ask forgiveness for? It was so revolutionary. And I think the reason is, is because um, just the humility with which you come to the throne of God uh, with when you look at your own life and realize that uh, you have a lot of imperfections. Um, and secondly, I, I think this is talking too about how God really wants you to have right relationships with others before you have right relationship with him. Uh, it says, you know, as we forgive, he's going to forgive us. And so it's a reminder that you need to have right relationships with the people around you so that he also can have a right relationship with you. And then finally, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And Del, I'll just ask you to speak to that. Uh, for this one, I would refer you to James 1, 13 to 15. This pretty well sums up um, temptation, uh, how it comes. It starts with a thought. And if we begin to entertain that thought, it uh, goes on from there. Uh, James 1.13 uh, says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, 
nor does he tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. You see the different levels here. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full-blown, gives birth to death. So it's a progression, um, this thing called temptation. We do not, sin, temptation is not the sin. It's when it goes beyond the temptation. You remember that Jesus was tempted um, after 40 days. Um, there are things that bring on temptation. Hunger, anger, um, tiredness. When we are in any one of those states, we can be tempted. We are more susceptible to temptation. Excellent. Thank you so very much. And then the last question that we're going to look at, and just uh, each panel member uh, will answer that. We'll start with Darren, work our way to Laura. Is when has your prayer life been most effective? And what were the things that, kept, uh, that you do to keep focused when you're praying? So just practical, how do you stay focused? You know, Bruce, I really struggled with this question, by the way. I, um, and, and I guess I got a little wrapped up in the part that says, when has your prayer life been most effective? And I, it got me thinking, how do we measure the effectiveness of our prayer? Like, how do we really measure that? Is our, uh, you know, I think of Job and, you know, all his struggles and, and were his prayers not effective as he was praying to God and things kept getting worse for him. Um, you know, you can, you can look at a lot of examples and you go, how, how do we measure the effectiveness of prayer? And I guess for me it comes back to kind of what I said right at the start and that it's about a relationship and it's about what's happening in my own heart. It's not necessarily about the answers we see happening out there. So often I think we, we gauge our prayers based on what we see as an answer to our prayers. And, you know, I, I'm comforted when I read about Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Because when you think about that, here you had a perfect person. He had perfect faith. And yet, he didn't get something that he prayed for. I don't know if you ever stopped to think about that, but Jesus prayed for something that he did not receive. And yet he had perfect faith. What did he pray? He prayed, Father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup from me. And God didn't take the cup from him. So we can look at that and say Jesus didn't receive what he prayed for. And yet, on the other hand, he did. Because what was the overriding principle of that prayer? The overriding thing, he says in the next statement, he says, yet not my will, but yours be done. So he did receive God's will but he didn't receive that spe specific thing he prayed for. So I, I'm encouraged in my own life. And so as, I, as I'm trying to gauge the effectiveness, I, I think, honestly, like right now is probably, as I've grown, as I continue to grow throughout my life in prayer and understand, and as God continues to change my heart, I think that right now is probably the most effective time in my life, just as I look at the path he's led me on and, and the way he's changed my own heart and, and led me into deeper prayer and more understanding and getting to know him better, because it's all about that relationship with him. That's ultimately what prayer is about. And so um, as far as staying focused, I think that 
you know, there's so many things, as Bruce, as Bruce said, so many things can come along and distract when you're having that personal, I think that's more in your personal, you know, just if you're sitting down to have a prayer time um, is what that would be referring to. And so for me, it's, it's, it's getting away. I have to get somewhere quiet. I just have to get, you know, and it could be, you know, on a go for a walk or a bike ride or some of those, some of the, my best times of communication with God have come when I was out actually doing something active or out in the mountains or riding my bike somewhere or doing something where I can just be alone and not have all the distractions of what's going on around me. So for me, that's an important part of uh, staying focused. Adele, something that you do to stay focused or you know, effective in prayer? I think one, one of the most important times for me is in the morning. When I get up, I open my Bible, my word, and that is God speaking to you. If you put yourself in the story, that's what I do. I put myself in the story. When God is speaking to someone in the word, he's speaking to me. People say, well, I, don't, I never hear from God. I never do. Well, do you ever open your word? You know, this is, you want answers to things? There is nothing in this life that is not answered in this book. This is God's word to his people. The world cannot understand it. They make fun of it. But it's not to be made fun of. It is God's word to you. So you want to hear from God? You want your prayers answered? You understand. You get understanding and you get wisdom and discernment from his word. So the time that I spend in the morning doing my devotionals, and I have done them probably for about 30 years now, and I journal the scriptures, so I'm not just sitting down reading, you know, reading a whole book or doing that. And you say, well, how do you, how do you choose the devotionals? Well, I just believe that God has just shown me certain devotionals to to use and they have been right on for me. That's how I live and this is, these are the answers. This is how you get your answers. You understand when God is speaking to you, it may be about some situation or circumstance that you're in or some, maybe a friend or family member or someone needs healing. Those those answers are all in his word. Del, you came to preach today. I love it. <laughs> I love listening to you. Um, I was just going to say that mine's not necessarily like a time, a place, uh, but actually what was revolutionary in my prayer life was a structure, which sounds a little strange. Uh, you, sh you can have free-flowing prayers to God, but uh, when I learned, and if you've been in the church for a while, you've probably heard this, and you're like, okay, Laura, we've all heard this, but um, it's an acronym called ACTS, so it just takes you through uh, four different kind of sections of prayer. So first is adoration, giving your praise to God. Second is confession, confessing your prayers, or, or not confessing your prayers, confessing your sins to God. Uh, T is thanksgiving, uh, thanking him for all you have, and then S is supplication. So what was revolutionary is that you go through those first three steps and you're like, man, God, I'm not worthy to come to you with anything. You know, like it just gives you that humility uh, for you to then uh, kind of 
not expect what you want from God, but for God to uh, kind of give his voice to what's going on in your life. So that's, that's for me. I just want to say thank you uh, to the panel. Our, our desire this morning was really to just put some practical tools into your hand um, to, to understand that, you know, as you look across the stage here, uh, each one communicates with God in a different way, in different means. And so uh, what works for, for one may not work for the other. And But I would just encourage you to, you know, maybe take some time, go out to the woods, uh, you know, pray and just be alone with God or or even to spend some time as you, as you open your word and say, God, what are you speaking to me? And then respond to that. And then again, to have a formula, I need, I need a formula to pray as well. And so that's why I like going to down through the Lord's Prayer or the, the ACTS acronym. It just helps to keep you focused. Um, prayer is such a, a powerful and valuable tool uh, to us as believers. And so we just want to encourage you and thought that hearing from different voices may just uh, connect with you this morning. So thank you for being here with us. Happy Father's Day. We'll close in a word of prayer and then we will dismiss you. Father, we just thank you for the privilege of prayer. Thank you that you um, want us to speak to you. Thank you that you, even despite your immense power and sovereignty, uh, have chosen to work through our prayers. So God, I just want to pray that um, we would enjoy that privilege and enjoy the, the potential that is there in prayer, dear God, that we would, we would not give up, that we would not... Um, find it too difficult, Lord, but even in those difficult times that we would just sense that you are still working to change us and working to change the world around us through our prayer. So, Father, help us not to grow weary in that. Lord, just pray that you would strengthen each one. Uh, Lord, again, thank you for Father's Day, for the time that we can uh, remember those that have influenced our lives, dear God, and just want to thank you for them. In Jesus' name. So again, just want to thank you for being here with us. Uh, looking forward to continuing our series, Ready, Set, Go, next week.